The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. Last week we talked about Easter itself and how Mary was there at the grave. And I just want to talk for a couple of weeks on this subject, coming to terms with a risen Jesus. Now that may sound strange, but the cross really is a major, major thing in the whole of history. And something happened. Jesus and Mary, as we talked about last week, Mary had seen Jesus being crucified. One of those people who had been with him, had been walking with him, had seen all of the things that he'd been doing, the miracles that he'd been doing. She had been with him and she had seen him on the cross, probably heard his last cry and knew that he died. Whether she was there when they were taking him down, I don't know, but she knew that he had died and that his body had been laid in this tomb. And here we are on what is the first day of the week for us, Resurrection Sunday. For them, it was the day after Sabbath. There she was going down to the tomb. And as she's getting to the tomb, she sees at the doorway to the tomb, the stone had been moved away. So there's all sorts of suspicion when you get there. But actually, having got there, she finds that the tomb is empty. And of course, as we heard last week, her mission at that point was to look for this Jesus. Where have they taken him? Where have they taken Her assumption was that somebody had come and stolen the body of Jesus. That's what she thought. Now, as we know, as the day began to unfold... It was a wonderful day because even she heard her name being called Mary and she responds and there's Jesus. So it wasn't just a day of sadness and confusion. It was a day of rejoicing and celebration that this Jesus who had been crucified, who was dead, was now risen again from the dead. I don't know about you, but that's, it takes some computing. It takes some working out. It's hardly surprising that the disciples were having a challenge with that. And that's why I've called this message this morning a new understanding. In fact, as we're looking at coming to terms with the risen Jesus, I want to look at this under three headings. A new understanding, a new responsibility, and a new readiness. A new understanding, a new responsibility, and a new readiness. But today, we're just going to look at the first point, because that's what we're going to have time for. This is a time of new understanding. You know, the Bible itself reports of the disciples at this time, they still did not understand from Scripture, so that's from their scrolls, from the things that are now gathered together in our Bibles, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. There's confusion, there's this misunderstanding. It often amazes me when I read the end of the Gospels and I see that moment because you've had all the stories of Jesus. Oh, he's doing this. He's healing that person. He's in this situation. He's raising Lazarus from the dead. All of these miracles, all of these conversations. You get to this crucifixion. You get to this resurrection. And we're, is it true? Can it be true? Surely not. They've been to the grave. The empty tomb is there. They cannot take hold of the fact that Jesus has done what he said he was going to do. And yet Jesus had told them. You remember the story where Jesus had said to his disciples, who are people saying that I am? And Peter stands up and says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. And he said, well, wow, 
That's not you. That's been revealed to you, Peter. That's a wonderful thing. And at that time, Jesus comes out with this information. Matthew 16, 21 to 23. From that time on, Jesus began to explain. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. That he must be killed And on the third day, be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And I guess that was the problem for the disciples. They were just men, and they were operating out of the thoughts that they could have. They were trying to wrestle with the things. You remember, actually, at the end of Luke's gospel, we get this account on Resurrection Sunday of these two disciples who are on the Emmaus Road. They're on this route back home, having been at Jerusalem. They've been hearing all sorts of different things. Jesus meets with them, and he starts to talk with them. And they're explaining, oh, this friend Jesus, haven't you heard about him? And Jesus is going like, wait, what's happened? Tell me. And he's, oh, you've got to hear this. And he said he was going to rise, but some people have said he's risen, and we don't understand it. This conversation is going on. What does Jesus say to them? He says this, Luke 24, 25 to 27. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. You see, they didn't understand what was supposed to happen, even though it was written there for their understanding. And Jesus, when he meets with his disciples, so at the end of that first day, there's all this controversy, and then when they're meeting together with the doors locked because of the fear of the Jews, suddenly Jesus is amongst them. And he says to them, Luke 24, verses 44 and 47, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then it says, then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name and all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You see, generally, the concept of the Messiah, this was understood. There is one who is going to come who is going to save us. That's what they were looking for. They were looking for this Messiah. The, the Greeks called him the Christ. They were waiting for that. And they, were, they knew that the prophets had talked about him. But they didn't understand completely that this is who he was. And, of course, even today... This is true amongst many of the Jews, those who are still believing and going through all the practices of Judaism. They do not believe that the Messiah has come. So this isn't just something for then. This is something that is still around today. Now, during Jesus' life, before the crucifixion, there, of course, had been conversations. People have been saying like, hey, is this the Messiah, the one who is expected to come? There was a time when Jesus had gone up to the Feast of Tabernacles at Jerusalem. One of those times when everybody came together in Jerusalem around the temple. And at that time, Jesus was teaching and preaching. 
Let me read to you from John 7, 25. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, because they're listening to Jesus' teaching, they began to ask, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly, and they're not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. You see, people had already questioned, is Jesus the Messiah, the one who was to come? So they're reading their scripture from that point of view, but they don't understand how to put the whole thing together. And of course, when it came to Jesus and what he was doing, there were some problems. Jesus went around doing good, healing the sick. Yeah, but he did it on the Sabbath day. And our law says, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath day. So it's like, you know, hang on. And and even that comment about, but we know where you live. We know your mum. We know your dad. We know all about, you know, your brothers. We we know these things. So, So it doesn't make sense to us. Listen, when things don't make sense to us, which is a very normal process for our minds, what do we tend to do? Oh, I'll leave that. I don't don't understand it. And that's what's happening to the disciples. It was happening then. Folks, it's still happening today. Many of us are still processing the things. Is this true? Can Jesus be true? I'd love to have the faith that I see these people have, but how can I have that faith? Is that what you're asking at home when you're watching this morning? How can I have this faith? You can have faith because God is alive and Jesus has come to save you from your sins, to take you out of darkness and to bring you into light. There is hope in the name of Jesus, which is what we are proclaiming to you. There, having faith in Jesus is something that we do. We make a choice to believe even though the evidence is for God all around us. But that's another subject. We won't go into that right now. But what we see here, coming back to this story, these disciples had seen Jesus crucified. They had seen him dead. They'd seen him placed in a tomb. Now he is risen again. What is he doing with them? He's taking them back to Scripture to open their minds and their hearts with understanding. So he starts opening up the scriptures to them and showing them what the prophets have actually written, what they're saying. So he's going back to people like Moses, to Isaiah, to Jeremiah. He's going through all these prophets to reveal the things that are being said about him. And he probably also reminded them of the things that were still to come because he had already said to them, listen, I'm going to be going away from you. Don't let your hearts be troubled, he says in John. I'm going away, but listen, when I go, I'm going to send another one to you. And he talks about the fact that he is going to be going away again. Again, we'll talk about that more probably next week. But there's something that we can see that Jesus is doing, which is what I want to underline particularly this morning, is that that is Jesus knew that they were slow to believe. He knew that they were having a problem, but he was taking them back into the Scriptures so that they could come to an understanding. And I think that's what we need today. But you see, we could say, well, of course, that's all right for them. Those disciples, in fact, if I could have been there, if I could only have been on that Emmaus road to have heard that teaching, then everything's going to be all right for me. You see, we may not have Jesus, as it were, with us alive, but we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Jesus says, look, it's good for you that I am going away. Because if I go away, I am going to send you another counselor, another one just like me, just like me, who is going to come to help you. And we have the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has come to us to help us. 
understand Scripture so that we can read Scripture and that we can receive the revelation and the understanding of the fullness of the things of God for ourselves. But let me ask you, are you reading the Bible so that you can gain this understanding? Because if there's understanding there, then we need to read it so that we can actually receive it. The Bible is God's instruction book for every one of his disciples. And therefore, it is essential reading for us. It's not just like, oh, that's a good idea. Or, hey, if you hadn't thought about it, here's something you could do. Oh, you seem to misunderstand it. The Bible is God's spoken word for us to get hold of for all time, across all languages, It's for us to get hold of because as his disciples, it's our instruction book. It's essential reading for us. And Jesus' challenge to his disciples was that they were slow to understand what was written in the scriptures about him. So what did he do? He took them back to the scriptures and he opened the scriptures up so that they could understand. And as I said, we don't have Jesus, but we have the Holy Spirit. Look what the Holy Spirit's job is. John 16 verses 13 and 15. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Verse 15, all that belongs to the Father is mine, said Jesus. So that is why I said the spirit will receive from me, and he will make it known to you. So the Holy Spirit is this agent, this truth agent. He is there to help to bring the understanding of what has been said before, to bring that understanding to us and to make it known to our hearts. That is what he is there to do. That is what he is here to help us with. But for that to start to take place, then we need to give ourselves to actually reading the Scriptures so that we can start to allow the Holy Spirit to activate that in our lives. Now, I used to read my Bible in this way. I would often just read mainly the New Testament, really, because that's tended to be what people will preach from. And that's where it talks about the gospel. And Paul is talking about the gospel. And I needed salvation, so I would read the New Testament. I'd read the things of Jesus in the gospels. I'd read the things that Paul was saying so that we'd have some understanding. And I'd read those favorite bits, the things that look good. Oh, and one or two stories in the Old Testament. I mean, like stories like Daniel, they're, they're interesting to read and... But that's how I would read it. So I would read bits and pieces. I'd never really read all the way through the major prophets. I'd never really read the minor prophets because it's like, pretended to be how I would read the Bible. But back in 2006, we had John Melindy come here. And actually, in fact, he was staying at our house. And I can remember distinctly one conversation I had in the kitchen at home, and he was talking about reading the Bible and the importance of reading the Bible to me. And he was saying to me, look, you really need to read a lot of the Bible. You should be reading at least 10 chapters a day. He was talking about these great, and I think that seems an awful lot. And then it happened that he came and preached in the church here the following day, and he was preaching about reading the Bible. And that message affected, those who are here would remember that message because it affected our lives. Because he was preaching about the necessity of us to get into Scripture and to read it. And I have to say, from that time, so we're now looking at what, 2006, so a long while ago, from that time, I have consistently just read my Bible from cover to cover, from cover to cover. And I would say I've, I've read it at least 35 times right the way through since that time. Now, I don't say that in terms of like, oh, wow, you've read the Bible 35 times. 
that's almost irrelevant. The issue is, what we're talking about this morning is, I need the Holy Spirit to take of the things of Jesus and make them known to me. And those things are not only found in the New Testament, but you see Jesus took his disciples to the Old Testament and he took them to the prophets and what the prophets had said so that they would come to an understanding. Look guys, the things that have just happened, the fact that I've been crucified, the fact that I have now risen again, the fact that I'm going to go back to the Father and more that he was going to say, and I don't want to tell you all because I want to preach about that next week. The things that were yet to happen, he was preparing them for the transformation that had taken place. He had been crucified. He had brought an end to the tyranny of Satan over the lives of mankind forever. He had broken the powers of darkness and defeated them on the cross. And he had now made a way where there seemed to be no way for every man, woman and child to come back into relationship with God. And he was opening up the scriptures to his disciples so that they could understand. He needed to give them teaching. We need that teaching from the Holy Spirit. But listen, you have to give yourself to reading the Bible for that to happen. You know what? When I read the Bible, do you still think that I sometimes think I don't want to read this? Yes, that does sometimes happen. Do you think that I don't get to passages like, you know, I don't know, bits in um, Leviticus where it's talking about the skin diseases or it's talking about the temple in Ezekiel or it's talking about the the distribution of land in in Joshua. I don't get to those passages and I think like, I still think like that. Do you think I get to the place where I think, I don't understand what I've just read? Yes, all of those things happen. But I still need to read because I need the Holy Spirit to take of the things of this scripture, the things of the knowledge and wisdom of God, and make them known to my heart so that I can live in communion and connection with Him. I need the reality of knowing God in my life, and therefore I need His help, and therefore I need to give myself to the Word of God so that I can access all that God has said and spoken and revealed of himself into my life. And I do that by reading the word of God. Let me ask you a question. Are you reading the Bible? If the answer is yes, well, great. Let me just come to you and say, look, I know sometimes we've read it before and sometimes it can feel like, okay, I've done that. Now let me encourage you to keep refreshing yourself with the word of God. Because you see, there are times we just think, I didn't understand that, or this is a bit boring, or let me skip this bit. Let me just encourage you, keep going. I know sometimes it feels a bit dull. I know that. But please, ask the Lord. Lord, take away any sense of, of, of this being dull. Bring new life through your word to my heart, because I need you to live within me. Remember that reading his word has impact upon your life. But remember this, little reading really is only allowing little impact. More reading is allowing more impact. No reading is allowing no impact. Each of those statements are true. And so I want to encourage you, read the Scriptures. So if I ask again, are you reading the Scriptures? And if your answer is to say, well, no, I'm not, 
I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to encourage you to get into it. And you know what? If it's, no, I'm not, then there is a sense in which there are some things you haven't understood yet. There are things that you still need to have revealed to you. Because in Scripture, oh, and by the way, it's through one of the prophets, Moses, who said this, Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And there's that sense in which, like, hang on, we haven't understood. If we're not reading the Bible, we haven't understood that actually as human beings, we cannot have all that we need for life just through the interaction with people and through the food and drink that we have. That's not enough because we need to resource our spiritual beings with the life of the Spirit, which comes through the life of the God-giving Spirit that comes from Him through His Word. Man needs the Word of God to live on. You see, and if there's a sense in which I don't need to read that or I'm not reading that, there is also a sense in which we have not comprehended that truth. Now, I would say to you, I'm still working to understand that for myself because there are times when I think like, oh, I can't be bothered. But we need to say, no, no, we need this. There is an essentiality. I don't often go without breakfast. Why? Because I like breakfast. In fact, I don't really like breakfast. I like every meal I have. And if the thought of fasting comes, I think, like, I don't like the thought of fasting. Why? Because it denies me food. I know that's the point of it. But it's like, I like my food. I like enjoying my meals. And I make sure I have my meals. And I'm not skipping meals because they're an enjoyable time. I'm having my food, but what about my spirit? My spirit needs the essence of God. And look, it's not just a case of us saying, okay, I read two verses. Folks, You need to read the Word of God and increase your reading of the Word of God. Because as you read more, so you start to develop the picture. I have found this through reading this book, my life has changed. Not only has it changed in terms of understanding the picture, the story of God, it starts to be unfolded to me. I start to have an understanding of the whole picture. I start to see how things hold together. And every time I read it, I'm learning more about that story. So it's telling me more about the story of God. But it's also helped me in terms of my reading ability. It's helped me in terms of my speaking. It's helped me in terms of my spelling. Those are just byproducts of the fact of reading the Word of God. There are other things that can help in your life. Now, Having said that, I know there are valid questions that people raise. Here's a valid question. I find it difficult to read. That's a valid question. And you know what? That is a difficulty for reading this. But there are other things you can do. You can start by listening to it, but you can also start by reading slowly. Every child at school has to learn how to read. There's no shame in the fact that it's difficult to read. I used to find it difficult. I never was a reader. Not when I grew up. Some children are active. They're always reading novels and things like that. I was never one like that. I prefer to play with Lego or do something like that. But some are readers. I wasn't. So I understand not everybody is a reader, but we can give ourselves and our God, he can help us. So even becoming to the word of God, if you have a reading difficulty, then start by listening, but also by saying, Lord, you are going to help me. Because this is the essence I need for my life. Dyslexia, I believe God can speak and work through that too. But these are real questions that people have. Real situations that people are facing. Just like for some people at home, it's like, listen, I can't find any space. 
My children, they are up early. And they're going to bed late. And you want to do neither of those things. It's difficult sometimes to find space for these things. I know that. But I also know this. Every one of us will give ourselves space and time to do the things that we value and that we want to do. We'll find a way. Because that's what we want. If it's something that's going to help us, we will find a way. Listen, I want to encourage you. Find a way to connect your heart with the Word of God and start reading so that its truth may be able to come into your life. The disciples were facing all sorts of confusion. They were trying to come to terms with the fact of Jesus. Do you know what? It was great to have Jesus back, but they didn't always recognize him. He was still rebuking them and giving them a hard time. He was still telling them. And he's also telling them, actually, I'm not going to be around for that much longer. It's like, what is going on? We like the days before when we just follow you around and you do miracles. That was fun. But you see, things are shifting. Things shifted then for them, and things have shifted now for us because we are now also in that time when Jesus has gone from this earth and he has assigned the importance of explaining the kingdom of God and living for the kingdom of God to us, his people. It's the responsibility that we are all living in. And therefore, we need what those disciples need. For Jesus, in that special time, he said, Okay, guys, come on, let's come aside. Let's come back to the scriptures. Let me show you the things that the prophets have said. All about me. So that you'll understand what has been written here. And we have the advantage that now we have those disciples writing to us so that we can go into the New Testament and understand even more things. But let's never leave the Old Testament behind. Because this is the Word of God. And it instructs us in the way that we need to live. So I want to encourage you. Let's come to terms with the risen Jesus. Let's come to terms with the things that he is laying on the hearts of his disciples. Let's come to the terms with the things that he's laying upon our hearts. And let's give ourselves afresh to reading the Bible. Let's, let's stop the excuses. But let's say, God, please, have mercy upon us. Awaken our hearts. Awaken our understanding. And cause us, Lord, to be able to get into your word to receive your truth, and to be changed by it. We're going to come back next week and look at some more points. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.